Hello again, fight fans. Welcome to episode 208A of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero. And today we're going to talk about wins by Kel Brook, Kid Galahad, Gary Russell, Guillermo Rigadial. They all won in showcases last weekend. Also, we're going to talk about some numbers for the Wilder Fury rematch. Some more news with Alejandro Jimenez and some Clarissa Shields brother news as it relates to that assault last year against James Ali Bashir. All right, guys. Uh, so behind me, you'll see a new number, right? We got the American number here, the local USA number, the 213 number. But those of you over in the UK, you might recognize that area code there. Just below it, it is a UK local number. So that's a country code 44, and then the number goes on from there. You guys have super long numbers. Now, I realize right now it's midnight over there in the U.K. We are going to uh, start going early next Monday. We're going to go earlier. I'm thinking probably 2 o'clock Eastern time. That's going to be 7 p.m. for you guys in the U.K. It's going to be early for you guys here in the U.S.A., but my hunch, my hope, is that some of you guys who are at work during that time will watch live while you're at work. So on the West Coast, it'll be 11 o'clock a.m. You guys can take an early lunch. For those of you on the East Coast, uh, it'll be after lunch while you're falling asleep from your lunch nap, your food coma. You can watch the show live. And then you guys over in the U.K., it'll be prime time, 7 p.m. So we're going to try that time next Monday. All right. So local number for American callers, local number for U.K. callers. See? That's what I do for you guys. I love you. All right. Um, as always, I ask you guys to uh, share the spread the word about the show, the podcast, get out there and make sure that you're following, you're subscribed. Because again, here on YouTube, they love to unsubscribe people and unnotify people. I get messages from you guys all the time. Man, YouTube didn't tell me that you're going live, man. What's up with that? Make sure you click on the notifications bell because they will unclick it for some reason. I don't know what youtube does but every time they update something they run a patch oh it unsubscribes a bunch of people also itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and all the rest anywhere audio podcasts are found guys find me leave a rating leave a review i know i say this every episode but it matters it helps me tremendously okay that's how we get higher up in the searches look right now in not just the podcast world but all sports and media entertainment there are algorithms that they build into these platforms to give uh, sponsored, studio-sponsored shows preference in the search engine. So when you go to YouTube and you type in boxing podcast, anything that has any podcast, any show that has some sort of corporate sponsoring, that is anything tied to Fox, PBC, uh, Top Rank and ESPN, The Zone, all that stuff gets bumped up. All that stuff. Independent guys like me are way under them, okay? So the way you help me out and help get me back up higher on those searches is by leaving a rating, leaving a review, uh, and making sure that you're subscribed. I need your help with that, guys. Let's get into some quick news. By the way, phones are open, okay? Phones are open for you guys in the USA. It's 213-267-7787. For those of you over in the UK, if any of you guys are still awake, I know it's late over there. It is 4412022860061. Those are the numbers to call. Get on the line and uh, we will chat. All right. In the meantime, news. Let's talk about Wilder Fury, the rematch. So apparently during the Super Bowl last week, I think like 150 million Americans watched the Super Bowl. It's some crazy number. Basically, half the country 
tunes into the Super Bowl. And somehow Nielsen Research was able to determine this. I don't know how they can possibly determine this, but apparently they can. There were two ads for that rematch during the Super Bowl, one at about 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, one at about 8.30. And apparently about 103 million people saw the first ad, 101 million people saw the second ad. There were seven ads during all the pregame coverage, which is like, you know, 50 hours of pregame coverage. There were seven ads, and apparently 127 million combined views for those seven ads for the Wilder Fury rematch. So that's a big push. That's a big media push. I like that. I don't know how it's going to correlate to pay-per-view buys. The first fight did 325,000 pay-per-view buys. Anything less than... Or I'm sorry, yeah, anything less than a million, honestly, for the rematch is a miserable failure. Remember, Bob Arum has gone around saying it's going to do two plus million. That would be really impressive. I don't see it happening. Bob Arum says some crazy stuff, as every promoter does. I don't see two million buys. A million buys would be a stretch. However, if you've got over 100 million people seeing these ads multiple times, and that's according to Nielsen Research, that's how many people saw the ads. Maybe they'll get some crossover success. Maybe uh, the ESPN promotional machine and the Fox promotional machine. Remember, the Super Bowl was on Fox, and that's who is uh, who has the fight, the pay-per-view fight. Well, it's Fox and ESPN pay-per-view, but um, they're working together. But still, they're owned by the same parent company. It's all the same shit. Anyway, man, if they get 1%, that's 1 million pay-per-view buys, right? Uh, I'm just looking back at the last couple big USA pay-per-view cards. And I'm not counting Mayweather-McGregor because that was like a sideshow. That was, that's not a boxing card, okay? The last two big ones were the Canelo-Golovkin fights. The first one did 1.3 million legitimate buys, 1.1 million for the rematch. The last to do 2 million was Mayweather-Canelo back in 2013. So usually you got to have those big names, those super big events, those super big fights. Is Wilder Fury 2 that type of event? I just don't know. I don't know. We shall see. It'll be very interesting because if that fight does super, super successful, and both sides, it's a 50-50 purse split, by the way. So if both sides do get massive paydays from this, you'd have to think it will... um, get promoters to start working together more. They're going to be pay-per-views when they work together, but they would work together more. If it doesn't get over a million pay-per-view buys, it might put the kibosh on a fight between Crawford and Spence and that sort of crossover thing. I, I just don't know, man. So I hope it does well, but I just don't know. It's a year and a half after the first fight. You know, it's, it's a weird date. It's, it's in late February. It's not around one of the big boxing holidays. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense the way they've done it. But we shall see. These guys claim they know what they're doing. All right. Uh, Let's talk about Alejandro Jimenez. So the Texas State Athletic Commission has changed the Jimenez-Dezern fight to a no contest. So I talked last week about the WBC uh, not recognizing her as super middleweight champion anymore. And now you got this with the Texas Commission. So... It's obvious that the parties involved, they can't say a whole lot publicly because there's legal ramifications for that while it's an ongoing case. The B sample still has to be tested later this month and all that good stuff. But it's obvious that people behind the scenes see something, know something, heard something, and they're starting to pull the plug on this event a little. 
So I mention this because I try to fairly report about, about all performance-enhancing drugs-related cases. And I think that this is a story here because uh, guys like me raised questions. I wasn't the only one. There were plenty of others. Some people went a little too far with their criticisms and got just to a, a, a nasty place with it. But I tried to keep it cool and just make it about, hey, man, this, this don't look right. It don't sound right. And I'd be just saying the same thing with a male fighter. What's going on here? Turns out there was VADA testing, but she popped. And she popped for a, a synthetic steroid. It's not like it was something that naturally occurs. So uh, this whole situation is still playing out. But I mention this because it's the latest update, and I do think it's worth mentioning. Also, uh, Artis Mack, who is the brother of Clarissa Shields, apparently reached a plea deal with uh, legal authorities for his assault on James Ali Bashir last year. Now, I don't have details of the plea deal, plea bargain, whatever. That will come out in subsequent reports. But apparently, he has reached a plea deal. It wouldn't surprise me if this dude doesn't do a minute in jail just because of who he's related to and and the situation. It's kind of nasty because uh, Mr. Bashir is still suffering you know, health issues with, with that whole situation. And I, I just think it's, it's, it was just a nasty, bang, nasty thing. Bang, bang, yeah. Bang, as Jim says, bang. there was a lot of bangs on, on James Ali Bashir that he didn't see coming. These are sucker punches. It was nasty. Not cool, man. All right. That's it with uh, news and notes. I mean, you know, guys, the schedule this week is not that loaded because we have a big, big fight coming up next week. Of course, that's the Wilder Fury rematch. Do you guys want me to do any kind of prediction video for that? If you'd like, I will. Let me know. I'll give my prediction uh, in a separate video. I mean, we'll talk about it on the show, of course, next week. We'll preview it and everything. But if you'd like to uh, see me do a, just a detailed prediction video for that fight, let me know. All right. Uh, let's get into the review of what took place last week. Uh, last Thursday, February 6th, Golden Boy Promotions card on the zone. Oscar Negrete wins a unanimous decision. His first official win since 2018. He had three straight split decisions, or I think a couple split draws, and then there was one split decision loss in there. So close fights. He finally got one, uh, got back in the win column officially. And then Saturday, February 8th, there were two cards, one over in Yorkshire, UK, one over here in Allentown, PA, USA. And these were just showcase cards, right? So over in the UK, this is a matchroom card at Sheffield Arena. Kid Galahad scores a retirement, uh, eighth round retirement stoppage win over Claudio Marrero from the Dominican Republic, who has now, I think, lost three of his last five. But He's a good, solid opponent. This is a comeback for Galahad off of a competitive loss to Josh Warrington, who many people feel is the number one or number two, at least top three featherweight in the world. I think he's right up there. Personally, I think Gary Russell is a little bit, I put him number one. I put Warrington number two. But if you have it the other way around, I wouldn't be mad at you. They're right there neck and neck. But so for Galahad to have a competitive loss, to Warrington last June, come back off that loss and fight so well. It's always a uh, an emotional, mental thing for fighters coming off that first career loss. You never quite know how they're going to look. He looked pretty good. It was a showcase matchup, yeah, but he wasn't in there against a complete stiff. He was in there against an experienced fighter who's been in there with top guys, and he looked good. So I think that Kid Galahad is still a top featherweight to keep an eye on. And let's see if he learns from that fight with Josh Warrington. It was a close fight. It was competitive. 
Also on this card, Kel Brooks scores a KO7 win over Mark DeLuca, who was completely outclassed. Now, this was a complete uh, you know, mismatch on paper, and it, it proved to be so in the ring. Mark DeLuca, tough as hell from the Boston area, former Marine. Look, as a former Marine myself, I can say this, uh, Marines are tough because we're trained to be tough, right? Now, I've gotten soft because I haven't been in for like 20 years. I'm a big pussy now. All you guys could probably kick my ass. But Mark DeLuca, still a tough, in-shape dude, and he took an ass-whooping in this fight, busted his nose, bloody face, kept coming back, gave it his all, but you just saw two completely different classes a fighter and Kell Brook, given all, you know, the, the beatings he took in two straight fights and the beatings he's put on his body outside the ring with his lifestyle, didn't fight at all last year. And maybe that was good for him because he looked kind of refreshed. He looked a little reinvigorated and refreshed. And I like that he took his time with DeLuca. He didn't just go for uh, the easy early knockout. He set it up. Good performance from Brook. Now, He's still a top 10 junior middleweight, okay? But this doesn't really prove a whole hell of a lot on the elite level. Somebody on Twitter asked me, how would he fare against uh, Julian J-Rock Williams? I'd have to favor J-Rock right now. I know J-Rock's coming off a tough loss and everything, but his opposition over the last couple of years has just been a hell of a lot better, and he's still a lot fresher than Kell Brook. But that'd be an interesting fight. For what it's worth, Brook is 3-0, and with uh, since since those back-to-back losses to Golovkin and and Spence, but it's been against limited opposition, right? He hasn't fought a top ten legitimate junior middleweight contender. He hasn't fought one of those guys. He called out Liam Smith, who is a top ten, lower top ten, proven junior middleweight contender. Liam Smith went nine rounds with Canelo a few years back lost. There's no shame to losing to Canelo. And he just went 12 rounds with Mungia, Jaime Mungia, fairly recently, who is much bigger and stronger than him, especially at 154. So he's proven himself as a top guy. Now he's not a top five. He's not an elite level junior middleweight, but he's in the lower top 10. So if Cal Brook and Liam, I'm sorry, Liam Smith, did I just say Liam Williams? Liam Smith. If they fight later this year and Cal Brook looks good in that fight, and he decisively defeats William Smith, that's a statement. And that shows that he really is still a top, maybe three, four junior middleweight in the world. And in my opinion, he'd be ready for a title shot at that point. So there still might be some more juice in those legs for Kell Brook. We just need to see a little bit more. I, I welcome that fight between him and Liam Smith. That's a good domestic level UK fight that'll do numbers over there. It'll draw a good crowd. And uh, I think it's going to be very entertaining just because of their styles and everything else and where they're at in their careers. So if they can do that this summer, sign me up, man. I would love to see it. Also, uh, PBC on Showtime from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Not necessarily known as a boxing hotbed, but there was a hell of a crowd there. And it was the Mongolian contingent that showed up to cheer on King Tug in this fight. Did not expect that. It was uh, pretty fun, though. Pretty fun atmosphere. I thought this was going to be horrible. Actually, here, let's jump to the phones real quick before I uh, review that card. Uh, let's see here if I can figure this thing out. 432, you are on the neutral corner. Go. Hey, Mike. How's it going? What's up? 
Hey, it's first time calling in, long time watching the show. Thought I'd give you a call. I uh, really enjoy it. Um, I had a question. Did you hear about the Usyk injury? How much truth to that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I heard about that. Now, I haven't seen any detailed reports, but I have heard that he's hurt again, and that's going to obviously delay the fight uh, that he was going to have, I think, with – they were talking about Chisora, which I think is a great matchup. That's a great heavyweight matchup for him yeah. to really test the waters, right? Uh, Chisora can really crack, yeah. and he's kind of right around the top ten. But, yes, I've heard that he is injured. I haven't seen any – uh, reports yet officially or anything like that, but I've heard it from pretty good people that he is hurt, and that just delays everything, man. Mm-hmm. That that could keep him out till maybe like the fall. He was injured last year, and I just hope his body isn't breaking down. Sometimes when you move up in weight, you start lifting all them weights. You get in the weight room, you know, you hit the weight pile, and you're doing all those bench presses. Stuff can snap. Stuff you can pull things, mm-hmm. and it's been the same thing with Gassiev, man. He he's been hurt since he tried to move up in weight. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I've heard that he is hurt, and nothing official that I want to put on the record yet. But that's such a buzzkill, man. Um, also, <clears throat> do you know the latest on the Lopez Lomachenko fight? Um, why there's so many delays, or what's going on with that? Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be, I think, May 30th in New York, Madison Square Garden. It's going to be ESPN pay-per-view. And I think that's what some of the delay is about because when, when you enter the pay-per-view space, now you it, the deals just become so much more complicated because there's all these different um, streams. Yeah. There's the, It's not just TV anymore, right? Now there's streaming platforms, there's movie theaters, there's all these different – things that are involved you have to whack all that up then there's foreign tv money all this other stuff right so i think that's probably complicating the deal and i think that bob aram and top rank really want to put it in new york and maybe there are issues where they are fighting for dates and venues with other maybe even other sports concerts whatever it's kind of a buzzkill though right because we thought we were going to get that fight like in march something like that and it's probably going to be late may yeah, um, I know Teofimo and his side are getting impatient because who knows how long he can make that wait. Um, all the talk with him, I'm telling, saying he's going to move up as soon as possible and Loma's making him wait. Um, I can't wait for that fight, though. Um, i just really interested to see how Teofimo, if he can adjust to mm-hmm. in the ring. I've only seen him really fight one style, never seen him have to make adjustments. So I'm very interested to see how that fight plays out. Yeah, man. I I think for me, that's the most intriguing matchup of the year. That's basically a done deal so far. I'm more way more excited for that fight than I am for Wilder Fury too. I mean, I'm excited for that fight. Yeah, same. But Lopez Lomachenko, that has so much ramifications and there's so many different things that could happen depending on how it plays out. Uh, but, you know, part of me wonders, and this is the conspiracy theorist in me, if there's some politics happening with the A side making the B side wait. Because, as you said, for, for Lopez, you know, issues making weight and stuff. Now, I don't think Lomachenko would ever pull something like that. But, it, you know, that no. gives the conspiracy theorist, you know, fuel for that fire. That it's going to, if you're Tiafima if you're Lopez, you just have to stay sharp right now. And this is the fight of your life. 
you got to stay focused and stay in shape because the phone could ring at any moment and it's like, okay, we're going May 30th. That's probably going to be the date. And there's no excuses because that's what, three months from now, four months, three Mm -hmm. months from now, uh, that's plenty of time. Right. And I also think top rank wants to really promote the hell out of this thing. They don't want it to be anywhere near any of Canelo's stuff with Cinco de Mayo or anywhere near, you know, any of those other events, they kind of want to have their own time, their own space. And um, a lot of people have been waiting around to see what Canelo is going to do. I think that kind of delays the whole sport when he hasn't picked an opponent yet. And that fight isn't set yet. Everyone kind of waits to see what he's doing. It was the same thing, the Mayweather effect. And before him, the Oscar De La Hoya effect, you see that happening now with Canelo. So uh, yeah, man, I hope they announce some damn fights soon. You know, I want more news yeah. to cover. I mean, uh, Loma is, I'm not going to lie, he's my favorite fighter to watch. And I'm just waiting every day to see when that's going to be announced. Um, would you yeah, go to um, it? If it's it in New York, nice would you would you fly up there and, and tend to fight? Well, I, I live in Texas, but I'm okay. thinking about it. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah. It would be a, a good, yeah. Have you been to a fight in New York yet? So, no, I've, I've been to New York, but okay. I've never been to a fight in New York. So that'd be something to experience for sure. Yeah, man. I would say if it's if it's at the Garden in New York, you never had that experience before. Loma's your favorite fighter. You got to go, dude. Spend the money. Go. Yeah. I would start yeah. clearing your calendar for May 30th, though. I'm pretty sure that's where it's going <laughs> to end up. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, it was good talking to you. I've, I've listened to the show every every week. So Thank you so much, my man. I really I enjoy appreciate it. it. All right, have a good one. All right, bye. You too, bye. All right, good call. All right, guys. Um, so let's get back to this review from Allentown, Pennsylvania. So I was talking about the Mongolian fans. Now, I don't know. I, I Googled. I tried to look. I tried to look up Allentown, Pennsylvania demographics to see if there was like a little Mongolia there or something. I couldn't find anything. So if anyone's watching or listening from Allentown or that area, that general area, and you know about this, please either call in or drop a comment, something, and let me know. Because I'm so curious if these were fans from New York, Mongolians from New York or D.C. or I don't anywhere that drove to that event. I'm, I'm so curious because you just would not think Allentown, Pennsylvania is this hotbed of, you know, Mongolian immigrants. But anyway, the main event was made a lot more fun because of that crowd atmosphere. Before I talk about that, though, let's talk about the co-main Guillermo Rigondeo. That's how they kept saying it on the Showtime uh, broadcast. Every single Rigo fight, there's a different pronunciation of his name. And Al Bernstein and all the guys kept seeing Rigondeo, Rigondeo. It just made me think of that Deo song by uh, Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte, some of you guys probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But anyway, however the hell you pronounce it, Rigo scores a split decision over Liborio Solis in a bantamweight fight. Uh, he had moved down in weight. I thought it looked pretty good at bantamweight. He's not the biggest guy in the world. And he wore the weight fine. He'll punch better at that weight, too. He did drop Solis in the seventh round. This was for a vacant WBA title because the WBA sucks balls. Everyone knows who the real champion of that division is right now. No need to even go into it. Monster. There's no need to go into details there. But the WBA had to throw in another belt. They are really, really trying to push into that PBC business more and more. The WBC used to be all in 
and kind of own PBC. But now the WBA is starting to push in there too. And the BA, what they like to do, if you pay attention and you look at the three champions, quote unquote, they have in each division, they're usually almost always with three separate promoters that fight on three separate networks. They're very smart about this stuff. And it kind of just goes under everyone's, you know, they don't even recognize it. But yeah, they have three different champions with three different promoters in each division. And now they got a Bantamweight champion in the PBC universe. Inoue, Naoya Inoue, of course, is the real champion. He's with top rank. So that's what they love to do. So at least won the first couple rounds. But Rigadio, to his credit, made the adjustments, boxed well down the stretch, was boring as shit. And, you know, it's such a divisive subject now to talk about Rigadio. My thing is this. I respect the guy's boxing craft, of course. He is kind of a snake charmer. That's the way he's been described. He is someone who will, like, lull you to sleep and then pop you. He's like, um, what is it, the jack-in-the-box, right, where you, you twist a little thing, and then, boom, he pops out, right? That's what he does to you. But he also lulls the audience to sleep. There have been fighters who were defensive specialists, tactical kind of fighters, but still had personalities that were able to transcend all that and entertain people more so because of their personality, their body language. Rigan Diao has this poker face on all the time. His personality, like those of you who watch The Simpsons, think of Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders looks like a fucking party animal compared to Guillermo Rigan Diao. Okay? That's, he just has no personality. There's no pizzazz. When you go to Home Depot and you look at all the different kinds of paint, right? You look at all the, and you got the standard paint, then you got the stain resistant, then you got the super duper stain resistant, then you got the super duper amazing stain resistant. He is like the highest grade of paint that you can get at Home Depot. But when you put it on the wall, you're still just watching paint dry. That's Guillermo Rigondeau, in my opinion. Oh, I saw one of you guys was calling in there, uh, 303. Uh, call back. I saw that you got disconnected. Call back, and I'll I'll jump on your call. Sorry about that. I saw uh, that you got disconnected. Call back in, bro, or 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 sis. You know, maybe we haven't had a lady caller yet. We need a lady caller to the show. <laughs> We're gonna have a bunch of firsts in the coming months here on the show with all the callers. Last week we had some international callers. We're gonna have more of that as we uh, make the show go earlier. By the way, for those of you who just now jumped on the chat. Uh, we are st- starting earlier next week. We're probably going at 2 p.m. Eastern next Monday. And behind me, you'll see a, a UK number. You see an American number, the 213 number. There's a UK number, the 44 number right behind me. So we now have a USA local number, a UK local number. All right. I set all that up for you guys so that we can have calls from both sides of the pond going forward although most of you guys in the uk are probably asleep right now while we're shooting this episode next week you guys could get in live on the show all right let's talk about the main event man gary russell improved a 31 and 1 with the unanimous decision win over tug scott nyambayar or king tug who dropped to 11 and 1 uh born in mongolia obviously now fights and trains out of la this was the fifth defense of the wbc featherweight title for gary russell now Everyone talks about Gary Russell fighting once a year, right? I call him Gary Groundhog Russell because he comes around once a year. The thing is, man, we're not even halfway through February yet. We still got 10 and a half months left of 2020. There is no damn reason 
why Gary Russell Jr. cannot fight for a second time this year. If he doesn't, come on, man. All right, it's not like his first fight is in May or June. It's freaking early February, dude. Get in the ring again this year. You got 10 and a half months. I'm going to be optimistic and predict that he does fight again this year. I think that will happen. I really, really do. 303, I saw you call back, man. Uh, you were on the show. Go. Oh, that's sorry. My, I haven't been listening for the last 30 seconds, so I figured I'd hang up and uh, call back in a bit. But with regards to Rigondeaux, I know the guy is, what, 39 right now? Is there any hope of him ever restoring his image based on, you know, what happened when Lomachenko just undressed him? I feel like that was sort of the death of the cult of Rigondeaux and that based on, you know, his age and his style, there ain't no way he's getting any of that image back. Yeah, well, the cult still exists, but they're very underground now. (laughs) So they're still out there. But, um, you know... Yes, you. it's never too late to redeem an image. I mean, there are so many examples. Think back to when Vitaly Klitschko, quote-unquote, quit against Chris Bird when he had a hurt shoulder, right? And he came back and fought years, years after that against Lennox Lewis and lost that fight, but that fight repaired his image in a loss. And now many fans still to this day are bigger fans of Vitaly over Vladimir, even though Vladimir was light years more accomplished. So it's never too late. He's at 118 right now. You've got Naoya in a way. I don't know if a fight between those two could ever happen, but let's just say it did. If it did and he fought really well and it was entertaining, even in a loss like we just saw with Nonito Donaire when he fought in a way, that could redeem his image. He has a chance. It's all up to him. But if I were betting on it, no, he's not going to improve his image. It's going to be the same shit for a couple more years, and then he'll retire. Well, follow up to that then, because I, I mean, I think if he and uh, Donaire are completely different fighters with regards to Inoue, I think Donaire you was able to use a larger size and you know impose a lot of himself, especially on Inoue, who's still settling in at one eighteen. I don't think Rigondeaux has that in him. I don't think he can fight that style. And I also think that that sit-back-and-wait and style, you know, that snake-charmer style, is tailor-made for Inoue to just take apart. I, if, they, I agree. if he fights Inoue, it's going to be brutal. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. No, no, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, it's like we just don't know what's inside him. Um Again, I'll use Vladimir Klitschko as an example, okay? I don't know why I keep jumping to the Klitschko brothers, but um, Vladimir was criticized for his style for so long because he would be very tactical, technical, defensive. Uh, He would not take risks, and he could get away with it because he was so much better. But once he got older and he couldn't get away with it anymore because he wasn't necessarily the better athlete, when he fought Anthony Joshua – He was in there with a guy who was younger, stronger, faster, right? Um, In his physical prime as an athlete. And Vladimir couldn't jab and grab. He had to fight. He had to bite down and fight. And we saw a little nastiness in Vladimir. After he got dropped, he got up and he clocked him, right? And he dropped him. And that showed people that Vladimir Klitschko has a lot in the tank. 
And he does have that heart. He does have that desire. We could maybe see that for, ah, oh, shit. Shit, are you still there? <laughs> my uh, my YouTube yeah, yeah. my YouTube stream just dropped. Uh, but I was just yeah. going to say, yeah, that that is uh, a way that Rigadiao could possibly, you know, maybe he's got something in him that we just haven't seen yet. Maybe he's got this killer in him, and a guy like Inoue can bring that out. Personally, though, I don't think so. I- I'm with you. I think Inoue would just right. bulldoze yeah. him. I mean, maybe earlier it could have been a good fight in Rick and Diaz's career, but at this point I just see I, – I, I don't think his reflexes are quite there. I think the little bit that's been taken out of him, like you're right, if he's if he's got uh, Vlad's heart, it'll be different. But if he doesn't, then I, I see him getting taken apart. Thanks for taking the call. Hopefully the, the uh, stream's back up in a minute, and uh, I appreciate you. All right, man. Thank you. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Oh, we got another call here from 813. Yeah, guys, the, the YouTube stream dropped, but we're still on the line here. So um, I'm going to take another call. 813, you're on the neutral corner. What's going on? Pretty good, Mike. It's Marquise, man. It's a good thing you can't see me anyway. I got a face for radio. How's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Marquise? How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Honestly, waking up from that uh, Rigandal fight, but I don't know what the, the, the appeal is of that. That was absolute ambient on way too many levels on Saturday night. And yeah. it's 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 funny because like you always hear the base where it's like the one round where action happened and he was getting caught by Solis out of all people and then he stopped and then for the next thirty three minutes we get to sit and watch him uh box and not cut the core rope off. It's like, oh man, why? And then as you know Mike, because you're on social but as I am at this point, the the fantasy booking on, on the internet always cracks me up. And I just don't understand the appeal of people thinking that Rickendale at allegedly age 39 has any shot whatsoever against anyone. I just don't understand that whatsoever, but it's fun to, it's fun to talk to on the internet nonetheless. Yeah. Hey man, the, the cult of Rigo is a strong one and I, I don't, they're not going to go away silently into the night. I mean, they did for a while after Lomachenko, but now he's in a new weight class, right? And there's, there's new guys that he can pick on. I, I totally agree with you in the last caller. I think in a way is all wrong for him and there's no way that fight would even happen. But now the Colt Rigo people have someone they can point to. They know it's probably never going to happen. Look, think, think back, man. You think back to when Lomachenko was the guy, right? And the Colt yeah. Rigo people were like, oh, the, they're going to duck us. They're never going to fight us. They're never going to fight us. And then the fight finally happened. And then it was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so now within a way they could say it's kind of the same thing just repeating itself you know and it would not surprise me if over the next year or so you hear more of these people saying oh in a way he's ducking them in a way you don't want that smoke come on man uh, just stop but yeah look man it, i appreciate the guy's technical craft he's a very skilled high level boxer but this is the entertainment business as well. And if he had a great personality, if he, if he learned English, if he tried more to appeal, I think it'd go a long way for him. But it's so blatantly obvious. He just doesn't give a shit. He just wants to win and make a little bit of money. And that's fine. That's, that's, go, that's okay. But it, I don't have to love it. I don't have to like it. It doesn't make me a hater if I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, if I, to quote the great rap song from Common to Sixth Sense, if I don't like it, I don't like it. That don't mean I'm not hating. It's one of my favorite lines ever. It's a great and, line. Uh, 
It's a great line. But no, but the one fight on that uh, that Showtime card, because I, I will admit that you may have seen it, Michael, over the past weekend, the the uh, hullaboo of uh, the uh, Dave Allen fight on that Sky Sports card and uh, that one fight where it's looking very suspicious, let's put it that way, yeah. uh, about the uh, fix being in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just not it's, – they'll, they'll, they'll do the old investigation thing. I'm not, I'm not one to uh, allegate and speculate on that stuff, but it, it, it's – it's on YouTube. It's on the zone. It's on their page. It's check for yourself, guys. If you haven't seen that yet, but it looks pretty the, the bad. The one thing I'll, I'll it Mike, it looks it looks awful. It really, really does. Yeah. And what I was wondering with uh, also on that Showtime card, thank you. Uh, what was that? Uh, the, the fight that opened up the, the actual card was the best one by far. It was uh, uh Valise and uh, uh, Jame- uh, uh, uh Jaime uh, Armadillo was actually a pretty good fight. I really thought Valise pulled it off, but. Of course, he didn't when the scorecards came came out. But it was really interesting. But that fight was a correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. That fight was a title eliminator of some sorts, right? For the uh, WBO 130, I want to say somewhere along the lines. Yeah, I can't remember if it was WBO or WBA, but yeah, it was for one of them. It was an eliminator, and it, it was you know they opened up with that fight, and I understand why because Rigondeaux and Russell are bigger names. But that was – I yeah. tweeted about it after that fight. I'm like, it's going to go all downhill from here. Like, the, the, that was a really good <laughs> fight. It was a fight of the year contender, right? And I'm with you. I think Velez pulled it out. I really, really do. But he's kind of a hard luck guy. He will go in there and fight anybody. He just doesn't have the power uh, to really – he doesn't have that game-changing power. And that's cost him. But, uh, man, he's, he's probably the best Puerto Rican fighter right now, huh? He's got to be yeah. one or two. From Puerto Rico right now, he, I, I think so. And actually, no, it was a fun fight. I, I've actually liked that one a lot. I'm really surprised because, believe it or not, uh, as much as people complain about Gary Russell fighting, you know, once every so millennium, and I, and I, <laughs> I really do think this is the year that he actually fights twice. That's why I think he's yeah. starting. The, the, he got the mandatory out the way. I think this is actually happening. Who is it going to be against? Is the question I'm, I'm going to pose to you, Mike? Because by all accounts, the. the, the He's been saying Santa Cruz for the last two presidents. That's not going to happen at this point. <laughs> uh, he, 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 he's mentioned uh, Javante Davis. I mean, they all do. That's not going to happen either. I don't see Davis being set up for that. Yeah. And so my, my question right there was that uh, who do you think realistically is this the Russell going to face at this point? He's not going to face his brothers, obviously. So I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> to assume it's someone else along the lines. But who's <sighs> for him at what, at 126-135 that he can, that he can actually uh, go up for? Well, see, that's, I was just going to say, you know, he talked about moving up to 130 or maybe even 135. I think that would be a huge mistake. He doesn't have big power at 126. So to go up to yeah. 130 would be a challenge. 135 is going to be a real challenge. You know, I, I, I'm just looking at the ratings here on, on our ring site, on our site. And, I mean, I'd love to see Gary Russell versus Josh Warrington. That'd be awesome. But that's not going to happen. Because is Gary Russell mm-hmm. going to go over to the UK? Probably not. I'd love to see it though. Nah. Uh, Russell yeah. against. Um, all right, I'm looking at 130. He's already fought Diaz. I'd love to see him fight Burchelt, but Burchelt would go nowhere near. I mean, Burchelt's ducking Jamel Herring. He ain't going nowhere near Gary yeah. Russell Jr. Um, man, Jesus, who is there? I, I mean, d- d- it's so limited. Let me go up to 35. There's no way yeah. <laughs> he says he wants a Lomachenko rematch. We know that's not going to happen. Um, Devin Haney, that's not going to happen. Who? I mean, really, who, Luke, um, Luke Campbell? Luke Campbell. <laughs> I, 
I, I mean, if he would travel I, to the UK, maybe Luke Campbell, Ryan Garcia. I mean, I that would be kind of an interesting fight to see Gary Russell if he were willing to go all the way to thirty five to fight Ryan Garcia. That's not going to happen. He's going to fight Jorge Linares later this year. I don't know who the hell this guy's going to fight. But if I were him, if I were advising Gary Russell Jr., I would tell him stay at one twenty six and just fight whoever is willing to get in there with you. I'd love to see him in like Shu Khan, you know, or something like that. Uh, I know Shu Khan would take that fight. I don't know if he would. Yeah. But that'd be fun. I mean, even if it's not, you know, the, the, the best fighter out there, just get active, dude. Just fight and just keep defending your title. Go after a unification. Uh, yeah, that, that's about it. But don't move up to 135. That would be a disaster. Yeah, I don't see him jumping two classes, honestly. I, I, personally, I, I think it'll be someone at 130. I'm just more intrigued to figure out who would it be at this point. Maybe something along the lines. I Maybe... Maybe, maybe a revenge for Jojo Diaz. Maybe something along the lines where Jojo can uh, to uh, do the whole avenge thing. That's the only angle I can come with you on that. Outside of that, there's, yeah, there's not much of anything going on actually. Now, now you mention it, so yeah, I'm just no, looking at it, all the it, fighters it, at 130. It, it's that's not a deep division. I mean, that's a top heavy division. Diaz and Farmer are probably going to rematch. Jamel Herring yeah. is trying to get a fight with Carl Frampton. That's looking like it's going to happen. Uh, Miguel Burchelt, he has who's his mandatory? Uh, why, why can't I think? It? I think it's Oscar Valdez. Still. That's right. That's right. It's Oscar Valdez. So I mean, all that—that's the top guys at one thirty. So I mean, yeah. Russell just—you know—he's—he's he's blown it so many times. Look, I think he would have fought uh, Leo Santa Cruz. From everything I've heard, it, it's Leo Santa Cruz's people not wanting that fight and Uncle Al protecting him because Leo's one of Uncle Al's favorites, but. I don't know who else is going to fight, bro. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I wish I wish there was an option for him, man. But yeah, because because he's fun to watch. I will admit. I mean, the, the fight with King Tech was all right. It was for what it was. But yeah, there's just really just nothing for him. It's, but it is what it is with Mister Russell. Well, yes, sir. I'll get off your line with this, Mike. But thanks for taking my calls. Always, man. I do this again more 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 often. All right, man. Have a good night. Uh, you too, Mike. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right, guys. So. um, yeah, it looks like our YouTube stream is dead, so uh, I'm going to have to uh, fix that. And uh, we're still recording here, the audio version. We're going to go ahead and uh, just uh, stop the show here, and we'll be back uh, Thursday night. So same time, same place. And then uh, starting next week, we're going to just do a Monday show, and we're going to go earlier to try to get some more of the international callers on, all right? So everyone out there, uh, thank you for listening. And UK fans, get ready because we're going to have a show on earlier for you guys and you will have a local number to call in. It will not cost you anything with long-distance charges, all right? Have a good one, guys. I'll see you at the fights.